Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. People like to think of themselves as points moving through time. But I think it's the opposite. We're stationary. And time passes through us. To a new episode of You Love to See It. Season two. Season two. The You Love to See It-ing. I mean, it, season one was cut kind of short, but here we are. Um, a few months later. Uh, season one was what, like eight episodes? Well, there was a ninth unreleased <laughs> episode. Maybe in the future it will get released. That'll be for our Patreon members. It's true. Aptly invisible. Anyways, uh, you, you know me. My name is Zach. I am joined today with my co-hosts, Eric Zhu. And my other co-host, Caleb Brunman. Good eve. But today, we have a special guest. (laughs) Unfortunately, it is not Charlie Kaufman, but it is... Jesse Plemons! (laughs) It is our good friend, Kari Siegenthaler. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, um, uh, Siegenthaler, actually. Siegenthaler. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I already messed up. So, uh, yeah, no, no Charlie Kaufman, but um, I'm, I'm truly, truly honored to be here with you all today. So, uh, I mean, you might be better, you. honestly. Oh, better? Maybe. I mean, I don't know yeah, if Kay would agree some, with that. Let's have some high expectations, Whoa, no, I, I'm very okay with setting the <laughs> expectations <laughs> very high. All right, well, the reason we mentioned Charlie Kaufman is because for this episode... We're not doing an intro question. We're not doing a looking forward to what's coming, although we are looking forward to some movies uh, and new episodes coming soon. But today we are going to be talking talking about Charlie Kaufman's new masterpiece. Oh! Masterpiece! (laughs) Uh, Perhaps better than Synecdoche, and that is I Am Thinking of Ending Things. If you want to turn it off right now after what was just said, I completely understand. (laughs) All right, so... If you don't know, uh, Netflix recently released, was it a few weeks ago? September 4th. September 4th. Uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman's new film. It's not getting a theatrical release, right? Just on Netflix? No. Just limited for Oscar. And stuff. so, oh, oh I, I was thinking yeah. about that. Actually, is it going to, you think it'll be nominated? It's way too early to be tell. To be tell. I'm sure it'll be nominated. I, yeah, for, for something. A, for, I, I, I would expect Jesse Buckley. I was going to say, maybe that would be kind of crazy. Bus, yeah. Anyways, uh, so the other night, uh, it might have been like four or five days ago, the four of us all for the first time, minus Kari, uh, saw I'm Thinking of Ending Things for the first time. And yeah, to the, the next hour is going to be us talking about that whirlwind of a movie. So uh I don't know. Let's get started. You're 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 a big Kaufman fan, Caleb. You want to introduce us to the plot and just some of the uh, things going on. Wow, that's probably a that's big ask so of you. So mean of you, Zach. <laughs> um, describe the plot. Nothing makes sense. Um, I guess there there is a young woman, as she is credited, who is thinking of ending things with her boyfriend Jake. The young woman who. Uh, goes by several different names throughout the film, and Jake are driving to Jake's parents' house uh, for a little dinner. Uh, some some awkwardness, some comedy, some drama, some introspection uh, occur on that drive. And once they reach the house, everything gets kind of crazy. And once they leave the house, things get even crazier, and there's a naked janitor and a CGI pig, and... A, a musical, musical number, number and nothing makes sense. Dream ballet, as uh, they yeah, like to call dream it. Ballet. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. So I wonder, can we spoil things? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I so, think, especially for yeah. this movie, no I think... No way we're talking about this without <laughs> no, because uh, I think it's impossible. Yeah. So I, I already mentioned the naked pig. I mean, that naked man... That yeah. pig might win an Oscar. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Come on, people. It's been out for two and a half weeks. Go see it And it's on Netflix, so it's not like you can really say, you know... Can't, couldn't go to the movie theater. But, the comfort uh, of your own 
iPhone. You could even watch it on your <laughs> iPhone true. as you can. as is recommended I would, by I Zach. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that on an iPhone. Not Unless, recommended well, that's by an Zach. Insult to the movie, Imagine I watching think. this movie download on your iPhone on a mm-hmm. plane. That'd be a Okay, plane <laughs> movies are the best movies. I agree with yeah. that actually. Thank you. I, I mean, but a Kaufman movie? Yes. Any movie on <laughs> okay, a plane. Okay, not this movie, not this movie. Not no, this, this movie, movie would hit Hard. <laughs> imagine, imagine watching Synecdoche on a plane. Imagine like the, no, imagine the, the, walking the this, and then they interrupt you with like cranberry juice or something, and you miss like an entire. That's part scene. of the, that's just, part of the charm. That's, see, you that's can't how go back. They like, see your screen and it's just a naked janitor's ass yeah. just <laughs> right there, ready. There's for worse you. things to watch on a plane. That's true. Um, all right, so let's get started. Uh, we have a lot of places we're gonna be bouncing all over. Um, so does anyone have anywhere they want to start in particular that, uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. I mean, obviously the acting, uh, the writing, directing, uh, but let's, let's, let's find my favorite parts of the movies. (laughs) I could just name everything, the producing, uh, the editing, um, actually I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about the editing at some point. Um, but let's, uh, who has like a scene or something that they want to start at? Uh, Kari, you want to, you want to be the first one here? Yeah, yeah, I can I can start it <laughs> off. Um, okay, uh, one thing that I found really interesting. So so Zach said this earlier, but I actually watched it twice in the span of like a week. Um, so when they were all watching it for the first time, I was watching it for the second time, and so I could kind of look at all the different like aspects of foreshadowing um, that were included. And I think they used or, or Kaufman used color in a very interesting way. Um, like the very first scene of the movie, if you guys remember, it's. Um, uh, the young woman being picked up by Jake uh, and in front of her is the red truck that you then see later in the movie and it's the janitor's truck and you kind of see that red throughout the movie like she's wearing red um, the house is like very warm inside but then like it's contrast with the parents being like very very not warm just like very very strange um, so I don't know if you guys like picked up on any yeah like <laughs> well there's that I mean I yeah no, I know I, I probably didn't pick it up pick up on it as much as you did because it was the first viewing so I was a little bit more like just like engulfed in the Kaufman uh but I do know also that the, it ended on like a on like kind of a, a light bluish like kind of screen and stuff like that and I saw some things about and I guess maybe you can compare like the warmth of the house or like the, then the blizzard going on I mean there's definitely a lot there uh to unpack um but I again I Okay, wait, something else that I just thought of. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so in the first scene, you know how I mentioned that they have the truck, like, right in front of the car? Yes. That's picking her up. And then the camera kind of pans up, and you see a man in the room above them. Yes, which is presume. I mean, I uh, presume Presumably that the janitor. Yeah, right? Jake. Right? Yeah. So, so, because another thing that I think we can probably talk about for a while is, like, who is this young woman? Is it the person that, um, you know, at the end of the scene when they're in the high school, or the end of the movie, they're in the high school... And she's talking about how some creeper was looking at her in a bar. I thought that was the janitor. But then the janitor is standing above her when she's picked up in this mm-hmm. car. Does he just see them getting in this car together and then imagine the rest of it? Like, so, presumably, based on the novel, the plot of the movie is that Jake is a janitor at his hometown. And he is thinking of killing himself. And the entire movie is in the world of his own head. And he's imagined this woman, the young woman, who he molds all of his desires and wishes upon that if this woman existed, then his life would be different. And I think going into the movie, like with that sort of mindset about it, like it all starts to click into place a little. What I'll say is I I recently found out about the book's plot because it's actually interesting to hear what kind of, and I heard from people who watched the film and read the book that the book had a lot more, I'm going to say it simply, it made a lot more sense. Um, and I think maybe that's the Kaufman, you know, twist and adaptation that it, it kind of breaks away from the book a lot. But uh, that's what I understood it to be, Eric, as well. I think from, uh, from what I've book. heard, the book is, the book feels more interior than the movie. Um, mm. In... And that Kaufman does something very different with, like, there's the same ending, but it's a very different ending, I've heard. I don't know specifics, but I heard the ending of the book is incredibly, incredibly violent. Uh, I have heard that as well. Yeah, um, I, I do know that there's a, a, a suicide scene, yeah. um, which is and not explicitly yeah, I didn't think told. it was explicitly suicide um, in the movie. It do, it, I it think it's pretty... Scene. 
I think. Um, there was a post. Oh, oh the, yes, the, like, uh, yeah, the car. Yeah, I think. Um, I think you know. I know we're jumping around a lot from the you know, first scene to the ending, yeah. uh, but we're just kind of going as our mind flows. Um, I do think it is how Kaufman esque. <laughs> I uh, really though. I think that's what what happened when he was directing the movie. Um, yeah, the presumption is obviously he killed himself. Um, or yeah. Uh, well, I'll just say I I know nothing about the book. Um, but as far as as any adaptation goes, I think. He, you shouldn't have to know anything about the book to watch the movie, uh, for it to make sense to enjoy it, and I don't think you really have to give it any give a movie any leeway because it is an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as far as things not clicking into place, unless you know uh, certain parts uh, about the book. I think that would be a shortcoming on Kaufman's part, and you should assume that the audience does not know about the book and that they're going into it, and I think that is something that may have caused problems for me because a lot of things did not click into place. Maybe people who read it also didn't felt the same way as I did, but if that is the case, then I, you know, I, I don't think we should apologize for not having read the book. I agree. I was going to say... I was going to ask about this because I was actually debating it in my head because I, I think it's – had I read a book, the book first, maybe I would have a different viewpoint. But um, I don't necessarily think an adaptation obviously has to be a, a very strict guide. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested though to see like if, if this book – I know the book does exist, but if it didn't, would we still be critical of the movie or – Yes. Yes, because I, I mean as far as – it, it pertains to me. In effect, I am not aware of the I, All I know about the book is that it exists, but I experienced this completely as a movie and definitely some, some problems for me. Yeah. And you feel, and I know we're going to get into this later, especially when we give our kind of final thoughts, but you feel like it just didn't click for you, that there was no... Um... Yeah, what are, the, what are the problems? Sure. Uh... <laughs> Let's get right into it. Then. Um, I guess... Well, as as Zach mentioned earlier, I'm a big Charlie Kaufman fan. He has produced or created, written, directed uh, some of my absolute favorite movies. Uh, my favorites of his include Synecdoche, New York, Anomalisa, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. In all those movies, and really all of his movies, uh, I think those films are about the characters and also in all those movies the worlds that the characters inhabit don't quite make sense um it could be you know some little idiosyncrasies to you know something like synecdoche you know time just completely Hmm. moving in in ways you could never expect to happen you know in in this world but despite you know the 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 confusion the contradictions it's always tied back to the characters and through the characters you're able to discover something about humanity because of how those characters fit into the world that does not make sense because i think that's something we all experience we all you know it's obviously dramatized uh you know in his cinematic creations but sometimes we do feel like the world does not make sense and we can place ourselves in his protagonist's shoes in order to to capture that feeling and hopefully understand why and you can take that away from his movies and i think that's a really special quality about Kaufman that makes him one of the best. This movie is not about the characters. Uh, the, the characters, well, I, I, the young woman, it, it seems to me, and I think we, uh, we agree here, doesn't even exist. Um, and because it's not about the characters, it has to be about something else. And I think that something else is, it is about the fact that the world doesn't make sense and just that abstract notion is not enough to draw you in it's not enough to make you feel 
like you're there, and it's not enough for you to even begin to figure out why the world does not make sense. So all you are really invested in is confusion, and then you have to watch this confusion play out over and over again for more than two hours, and it culminates in not much because you can never really put yourself into the world, and you can never really you know, see yourself as a character who is going through uh, what uh, Jake, young woman, should be going through if they were the focal point of the movie. And so and it, it just, it's hard to, to grasp. It's, it's hard to hold on to, and it's, it's hard to really care about consistently when characters are almost non-existent in the movie when when they're not how are they non-existent they're not non-existent i mean they're they don't non-existent as as a focal point non-existent as as something that we should you know prioritize how are they not the focal point like like a majority of the movie is just them sitting in the car there's nothing else going on except for their conversation and i i don't think they're it's because none of their conversation is relevant to what the movie is about the young woman isn't really like in in at the end of the day the young woman isn't really a character the young woman is just another part of of jake i i don't know i think to echo i think i had a similar reaction to caleb and i think in terms of charlie kaufman there's a quote from senecki that i always think of and it like sort of encapsulates what i like about about him and i think it's spoken by emily watson's character where she says like it's not about the specifics like this is like everyone's life and and whatnot and i think that's like what i appreciate about charlie kaufman's work it's that there's this surrealism and at a, at a certain point you sort of have to like accept it like you know there is some internal logic you can feel it but you don't like you don't you don't need to have to delve into it to be able to feel the emotions the struggles the like the dread that all of his characters face um I think I felt something different in I'm thinking of ending things in that there needs to be this look into the mechanisms behind the surrealism to be to be able to understand like the plot. And I think at the end of the day it's easy to to see why Kaufman like liked the novel I'm thinking of ending things. Like um I think Jake's primary struggles with like feeling like no one appreciates him feeling like he's like wasted his life, his fear of aging, like his like thoughts on art or not. Like these are all very Kaufman. What was the pin that he got? Diligence. Diligence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he got this diligence pin, but he's still like, unhappy. he's still like so unhappy with his life. Um, but it's told so through such a roundabout way with, um, with Jesse Buckley's internal monologue and with everything going on at the end with the pig and the naked man, that there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of implicit distance that's immediately put there that I think is very off putting and I don't think is necessary. And I think for me makes it a lot less powerful than um, anything like before that he's done. And it's, it's hard to like compare them when the thematics of them are so similar. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Eric there. And just to offer a conclusion to my point, uh, I'll say that the characters in Kaufman's previous films uh, allow those movies to be greater than the sum of their parts. Those characters that are lost and that are tortured and yet are still ambitious and want things and and you know, stand up in the face of absurdity, whether it's, you know, in Synecdoche wanting to be, you know, the greatest theater director of all time or in Anomalisa, something much smaller and just wanting to find love. Those characters, you know, in all their misery and yet still in their drive, you know, allow the movie to be more than the sum of its parts. And I'm thinking of ending things the movie is exactly its parts. It is only its many different, confusing, contradictory, tiring parts. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's, you know, just that it's, 
just that it is its parts only is already a step down. But because of all those adjectives I just listed, you know, that really it it just doesn't live up to his other works. So like usual, um, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with both Caleb and Eric. Um, I feel like I don't always disagree with them on things. Um, I also think I, I have a, just said, like, you know, we all have different perspectives. Um, I also haven't seen some of other uh, Kaufman's other works. Um, I've only notably seen Synecdoche and uh, Eternal Sunshine. Um, Eternal Sunshine is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Synecdoche was just not my type of thing. Um, I think I do need to give it another chance, but uh, I digress. Uh, what I want to talk about is I, I think it works, and I think it works because of the fact that there isn't a focal point on the characters. So I'm not disputing the fact. I think Caleb and Eric are 100% right, and I can see very clearly how those can be uh, uh, criticized and how it can be uh, bad for the movie. But I actually found myself enjoying the space that Kaufman left me in in this kind of... I, I read a review earlier that was talking about this idea of uh, Kaufman movies are about people crossing this rift or or... or you know, crossing this this world. This movie is not that. This movie is about the rift or the world. There is no the people. So I agree a hundred percent that the people, in essence, don't matter, even though they do. It, it's 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 very confusing. I but I understand that completely. I do think though it does a great job of focusing in on that kind of that that space in between that I think occurs in all of Coffin's movies. But I think in this one, he just really goes for it. I think he just is like, I'm going to make this just kind of, uh, it almost just seems like a lot of it is just kind of this thought, like, you know, just going A to B, B to C. You know, I, the reason I enjoyed that is because one, I still took away from uh, some, I don't know if you can say there's a, a universal uh, message, but uh, I would say that even if I didn't find myself identifying with Jake, I identified with his struggles. Um, this idea uh, to me of, of living your life and watching it go by, I really like the line about how you don't pass through time. It was something like a person doesn't pass through time. time passes yeah, through time you. passes through you. I really enjoyed that line in particular because to me it illustrates this idea that what Jake is going through where his life has basically passed him by. And what the time that's passing through him now is the time – that he he like this all this imagining like what could have been what 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 choices would I have made differently and uh, I find myself relating to that a lot you know I spend a lot of time like thinking and thinking and and the idea with Jake is he is he's basically having all this I mean the movie in my opinion is is I mean and I don't even think it's my opinion it's basically it's all in Jake's head. It's, it's, it's a big fantasy. I think the young woman rep represents, I saw some people say represents the relationships he did have or the relationships he wishes he had. I do think a lot of it is actually just almost like his mind talking to himself. The girl, what's the girl's name? Is it Lucy at the, it's, uh, it's Lucy, there, at Tulsa. No, no, at Tulsa, Tulsa, uh, Tulsi town. Ruth. Was that the, the girl he talked to Ruth? Yeah. Um, there's some interesting moments. We're going to talk about this later. Um, I, want to, I want to get Kari's opinion in here real quick. Um, I do want to talk about later. Uh, I'll just note this now. The uh, the really creative bits where, where, where Kaufman kind of has things that, from the reality seep into the fantasy. Um, there's the Tulsi Town scene, which I, I really love. Either way, I think a lot of this is just his mind kind of communicating with him. I really identified with, with this struggle. I didn't identify with the character, which I know is just kind of a weird thing to say. But uh, I, I do agree with some of the criticism. But overall, I still I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, Kari, I, I, I'm kind of curious, kind of, you know, we've... Yeah, um, I disagree with all three of you. Um... <laughs> We'd love to see it. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think, so I'll just call her the young woman. Um, but, you know, Caleb said, right, she doesn't exist, right? So yeah, okay, she may not exist in reality, but she most definitely exists in the movie. Right. Even though she's like a conglomeration of several different characters, um, you know, the first few scenes where they're driving, driving to his parents' house, all you can hear is her internal monologue. Um, and, you know, there's that weird bit where you're like, oh, can he like hear her thoughts? Because she thinks, you know, like I'm thinking of ending things. And he's like, what? Um, you know, and so it's like 
that starts to hint at the fact that she may be a figment of imagination, but she's still real, and I was still able to empathize with her, especially when she's in this, like, she's the outsider in this entire situation, right? And it's all from her point of view, um, and the way I kind of thought about that, um, is, like, everyone, everyone imagines things, everyone has characters in your, in their head, um, imagine if the characters in your head started thinking things, um, or, like, there's, I saw this thing on TikTok. Um, <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> uh, oh my God, please. <laughs> that would be a dream. Um, there's like a bunch of scientific studies coming out about how like our universe is conscious. Um, don't ask me to explain that any further. <laughs> but wow. it's just like, I feel like that's kind of what the, okay, Caleb, I can see your face. Mm, but <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a Kaufman movie to me. <laughs> but just like, like these characters don't exist in the way that we think that we exist but they still exist right like they're still Mm -hmm. there they're still thinking they're still having conversations they're still feeling things like you felt her feel her fear at Tulsi town when the the woman behind the counter says like i'm worried for you right like you felt her fear when she was left in that car when he went inside the the school building and she was all alone and then she gets locked out um and i've i've seen eternal sunshine like that's one of my favorite movies as well and I think in a similar way, Eternal Sunshine, for me, didn't get amazing until the end. I think this movie, like, the first few scenes, like, yeah, I hated them. Like, I was so bored when they're just driving in the car and talking. But I think the end is what really makes it. And I think their non-existence, like, um, like literally, like, like, they may not be physical entities, but they still were... Um, like they, they commanded emotion for me and I don't think them being figments of Jake's imagination or her being a figment of Jake's imagination is enough to, to write off that character and thus write off the film. I, I actually, real quick before I, I know Eric wants to chime in, I actually disagree with you only because I actually don't think she's a figment of Jake's imagination. I think every character is Jake's imagination. It's not a figment. What I mean by that is this, the quotes that she, uh, the thinking she's saying, I think are actually Jake. I think Jake is saying those things. I don't think she, that's why I don't think she exists because she is Jake and everyone in there is Jake. Like those thoughts are in, to me, his internal, his subconscious almost debating, you know, when he's, when she's saying, I'm thinking of ending things, we interpret it um, at face value as I'm thinking of any relationship. But to me, when she's saying I'm thinking of ending things, that's Jake's part of his brain saying, I'm thinking of killing myself. So I don't, I, I don't think she exists because I think she is is Jake. Like but, she, but keyword is subconscious. I yeah I I agree I actually agree with Kari to an extent. Like I think the movie, for most of its running time, because you're trying to figure it out, rests on the fact that you're empathizing with the young woman. Like the young woman is the linchpin to the movie. Um, I think, I think yeah like, I think Kari mentioned a lot of the scenes where they're talking in the car, and for me those are the best moments like it's the dichotomy between her like how like verbose her internal monologue is and we can talk about whether or not it's <laughs> too wordy but um <laughs> it's the it's the like juxtaposition between that and like how distant the conversation between jake and the young woman is i think where the movie goes doesn't necessarily go wrong because by the but by nature of the concept she is this constantly changing person because everything that Jake wants or, like, wants her to be is immediately projected into her reality. Like, whatever her, like, job is, it immediately changes. Like, he projects that she painted one of his favorite paintings. Like, um, or, like, suddenly she turns into Pauline Kael. Like, and I think the added weight of her constantly... Like, it's easy to empathize with her on a long car drive or when she, like is like so frustrated because they aren't going back home but i think by the end of the film as you're still trying to piece it out and even i think even afterwards just because of how unsteady the base is like because of how like absolutely abstract it is it feels like it's less than the sum of its parts like i think for me what i i started when i came out of the movie at first i was like really really disappointed and i only started to like it once i thought about it more and that was in like the big picture sense, like you see it in a big picture as as Jake. But that reading of seeing the entire movie as Jake from Jake's point of view as a seventy five year old completely like 
erases the experience of the young woman. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't rectify that. And I couldn't, I didn't experience what I was thinking afterwards at all as I was watching the movie. Can I ask a question really quickly? Because you guys Mm -hmm. all, you all think that, that the young woman is, is just Jake's imagination, right? Like, purely. Like, she's, like, Jake, like, like, everything that she thinks, Jake thinks. Is that what you? I think she's more uh, personally it? a microphone for Jake. Like okay. I think she's one. I'll say, Jake created mm-hmm. uh, her in his head. So then, how do you explain all the times that she's slowly realizing that she's not real? Like she walks into his child room, her, or is, is yeah, his childhood bedroom, and she finds the book of poems that she had been reciting as her own earlier, where she sees herself in that young photo. Um, that is. Like, I, I'm thinking of ending things. That is her, like, she is a representation, almost like, she is the ideal that he wants to save her, but her recognizing that she, is, she isn't she is real is the recognition that, like, this ideal won't save him. I like that interpretation. Uh, yeah. To go back to what you said earlier, Kari, um, I am not writing off the movie because she does not exist. Uh, though I think, you know, Eric has a point that you're, you're trying to figure out who she is, you know, why she is the young woman, whether she exists, what's going on with her throughout the whole movie. And then when you finally realize that she doesn't exist, it's like, whatever, you know, it's not really important. It doesn't really matter to the story very much, but that, that's a separate problem. Um, but the the problem the real problem I have with uh, w- with with her character and I guess all the characters is that these people only exist to further the absurdity that you know Kaufman is trying to present. They only exist to make the world seem like it doesn't make sense. Increasingly so. Uh, and that's just not very interesting to me. You said, you know, don't you feel her fear when she's scared? And yes, uh, I do. How much of that is, you know, because Coffin really creates this almost kind of psychological horror type atmosphere, which I think he does exceptionally well here. Uh, I think a lot of it is that. Maybe some of it is the character because as humans, we can't just completely dissociate from, from the people we see in stories. But... You know, at the end of the day, despite, you know, the fact that she may have drawn some emotion from me, I didn't really care. Or I'd say I cared probably as much as Kaufman cared about these characters existing for themselves as opposed to existing for the world. All right. Well, I think we have more to talk on that. I think we're going to come back to it. Um... I want to I want to talk about uh, one thing that I noticed that I, I particularly enjoyed, um, which I briefly mentioned earlier. Um, there's a scene at the uh, Tulsi Town, uh, which is this ice cream place that is uh, you know you learn it's like a childhood favorite of Jake's. Uh, you know he's seen all the commercials, things like that. Uh, they pull up there, and there is this girl who. Uh, it's different from the other two blonde girls, and she uh, she talks to the young woman and kind of communicates with her and says, you know, what what, what someone mentioned earlier. What, what does she say to her too? Like she the, says, the "I'm scared for you." Yeah, and it's it's I do I do think spending time unraveling all of this and like oh her saying that is basically Jake's part of Jake's mind saying it to another part of Jake's mind that she it, it, it's a lot, but I I do find that there are particular moments where I enjoy the fact that there's this kind of bubble created of like this is in Jake's head and then there's moments where it kind of like seeps out or like reality seeps in the one moment that I thought of um, was at that Tulsi town when there is the uh, she says um, they're not varnishing in the back there's a smell like ignore the smell but they're not varnishing in the back um and the reason I thought that was very important, and you start to see, like, I think, like, you see, like, something in the back, and you, like, you, she mentions the smell. The reason I took that as being a like, little tiny, significant, like, nugget is because 
like I, I read someone mention like, oh, that's that's the kind of actually the cleaning tools that he's using as a janitor. That like this is this is reality seeping into the fantasy bubble that he has created in his mind, you know. And I actually would love to watch this movie a second time because I, I, I think there are more of those little instances where reality is kind of creeping into fantasy and you start to see kind of that world break until the end where you're I would not say a hundred percent at reality, but you're finding more of this you know, this is Jake, the janitor, and, you know, everything like that. Um, those are little things that I really liked um, about the film, personally. But she also says, you don't have to go forward if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I the reason... I, I love this film um, because I really liked, the, like, all this back and forth, and, and I think it didn't connect to me until after the movie, but, like, once I got into it and I started really thinking about it, I got, I got, it was more fun. Like, I, I had a lot of fun. Like, albeit it, it, it can be, st- like, stressful. It can be a little bit, like, uh, you know, is this really, but I, I found it being fun to kind of pick at all these little pieces of the movie. Yeah, I think it requires a certain level of um, intellect to like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Not that. Not everyone can, can be um, so lucky. And what's funny is I, I talked to Eric and Caleb a little bit about this before, but I actually enjoyed this movie more than Synecdoche. Um, and I think the reason I did Cover your ears. <laughs> I think the reason I did was because I liked more of the focus on the struggle rather than the character. Um, and I, I understand that the point of the character is to be, you know, you should want to be relate, like you can relate to the character. But I actually found myself immersed in this kind of struggle and in the world that Kaufman created, even with characters that only purpose served as creating that struggle and world. So, I mean, I I, I, I don't disagree. What's interesting is I, I don't, I, I think a lot of this is, is 100% correct what you're saying. I, I just think it's interesting how our individual thoughts on that and how we view it from our perspective can totally change how we you know view the movie um what else what else is a big thing uh that we haven't really covered um in terms of the movie i i just like kind of what you were just saying i thought it was really interesting when caleb was saying like because you didn't care about the characters you didn't like care about the movie i guess am i making a leap there or is that um i'd say because you know, what the characters did, what they say, you know, how, how they lived didn't really impact uh, my my viewing. Uh, I think, you know, what I was left with then was, you know, all these crazy little scenes that are just, you know, kind of nonsensical by themselves if there is no uh, emotional through line. And, and that is what hampered my experience the most. I think to like sort of, I think what I think I felt something similar to what Caleb is saying. I think one example that I kept thinking of was the entire section with the house. And there's all these ideas of like like individuality and like shoot I, I don't know, like it, there's so many fragmented scenes that talk about different ideas that when it like when the movie zooms back out towards the big picture, don't they don't seem to add up. And when the characters then also like it's when it, when it's hard to then also incorporate the narratives of the characters it's a bunch of like intellectual ideas that are completely for me personally they don't have the emotional potency or like the emotional impact to really make it like a very impactful like personal experience i agree i'm going to actually agree with that too because uh even though i've talked very highly of this movie i did not give it a five star rating uh, and this was one of the issues I had with the movie is I, I did feel like there was, uh, I kind of imagined it as like an old car losing its parts along the way, like until it's kind of this stripped down, like uh, bare bones. I still really liked what was left. I do feel like there was parts that were kind of introduced that you could almost argue serve no purpose. You and could definitely argue. <laughs> like, no, like what? Like what? I think a lot of what happens in the first two. I I'm a big fan of the third act. I think the third act of High School on is is in, in, in my opinion my favorite part of the movie. I think the first two acts struggle. Sorry, with, what are why are you calling it acts? 
What does what do you mean by that? Just like sections, like of sections oh, okay. of the movie where okay. it kind of feels somewhat oh. natural. I mean, obviously, there's no clear like yeah. minute mark. Tony Collette's um, performance. Yes, no, that was incredible. We should talk <laughs> oh, about. Oh, that. I was saying the opposite. I was <laughs> saying they could didn't cut like that, that shit out. <laughs> what? Really? I I loved it. I loved it, her performance. No, like no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Same with, with David Wow. Um, either way, I I, I want to uh, so just so I can bash the movie a little bit too. I want to get on that side. No, I'm not bashing. I'm not bashing. Uh, I, I I do feel I felt a little bit like there was just stuff that was introduced, especially in the house scene, like uh, thematic ideas and scenes that seemed very important in the moment, but then later the served no relevance yeah, whatsoever. And that's something I really struggled with. Because I understand, you know, the whole point is almost like, yo, you're, you, you know, this movie is like a pen on a paper just drifting where you want to go. But the, it, I do feel like at the end of the day, you could almost watch fragments of the first two acts and the third act and you would have gotten the same amount of, like, ending idea as watching the whole film. I, I disagree with, again, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. Because when you look at the house scene... Right, I think the house scene is one of the most necessary scenes in understanding who Jake is and has been, because it goes through his entire life. Right, by by going through his parents' aging process, you you see where he comes from. It's implied that he was with them as they're getting old, implying that he lived at home. You see what he was like as a child, like Eric mentioned earlier, getting the diligence pin, but still never feeling good enough. His parents putting all this pressure on him to be smart. You know, like the gene, genus, not genius edition, like him getting mad at them a lot, implying that possibly he had some sort of anger issues. You also have the young woman um, suddenly being like a specialist in like geriatric, you know, like like yeah. study bold. Gerontology. Gerontology. As well as being a quantum physicist. Yeah, but but I think that the, the geron... Garantology? I don't know. I do Garant, Garant, whatever. The, the study of old people. I think that part is like particularly significant in the same way that the varnishing scene was significant at Tulsi Town. I, I agree Because, with that. again, it's like it's like old Jake now, like the naked old man at the end. That you see hints of him trying to talk himself out of the suicide, right? Like she's talking about how aging is beautiful and that, um, you know, society as a whole disregards the elderly and they shouldn't do that. And then you see her, or you hear her thinking on the drive back, like, Jake doesn't beat me, like, this is actually a pretty good relationship, maybe I should stay in it. Which, again, like, if I'm going off the assumption that you guys are going off in that, like, her thoughts are Jake's thoughts, that could be him trying to walk out of it. So I feel like all these scenes do characterize Jake, and also her, or Jake through her. And so I feel like they're all necessary. And I like the house scenes. What I'm going to say real quick, and then I'll let Caleb speak because I know he's eager, um, <laughs> is I agree, but I also disagree just because I think you hit, I hit, I think you got the ones right. Like, I think there are very important scenes, but I also just felt like there were a lot still left behind, even with the important parts being carried. Like you said, the little, the aging thing, the learning about his childhood, but I still felt like it, 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 there was too much there and not enough got carried over all the way. Uh, of the scenes you mentioned, Kari, I agree. Mm-hmm. The problem for me is, well, a couple problems. One of the scenes you mentioned uh, and the impact you described, I just didn't care. And, you know, again, that that's completely subjective. That's that's me. But because of, you know, the, the reasons I mentioned before, I just didn't care. That being said, there were also scenes that I do think were superfluous, that I think were Kaufman saying, Oh, you know, I, I want to talk about this, or this seems like like a cool thing to throw <laughs> the in. The Robert Zemeckis jab. Oh, oh my god, Th- that's one <laughs> directed by. <laughs> uh, I think the the whole Pauline Kale uh, impersonation unnecessary. The baby, it's cold outside. Sounds mm-hmm. seemed like something like he just wanted to talk about <laughs> and just was not relevant in the story at all. So the stuff you mentioned, uh, I agree, it was important to the story and i didn't care and there's also other stuff that you know just is so tedious and unnecessary that just brings down the whole experience yeah i agree i think this is this i think this is kaufman's least accessible film because the entire movie rests on like there are like as uh, as you're watching like the young woman there are like concepts and ideas floating around her experience but then at the end to like bring it all together there's almost like two levels of abstraction there you have to like abstract to the young woman and then abstract back to jake and like what it's saying and i think that's a really tough 
emotional leap, even if it makes intellectual sense. So you don't want a movie to challenge you? No, I think it's that... I think... <laughs> I think there's a difference between being challenged and, like, understanding it, but also not feeling like I personally got, was felt very impacted by it. And I, I feel like, like, with Kaufman movies, there's a lot of, like, like, I feel like a lot of his movies are, like, recursive. They build on themselves. And that's part of what makes me think about them so much. Like, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is going backwards and forwards Mm -hmm. through, like um, Jim Carrey's mind, being John Malkovich is like going inside of heads and like Synecdoche in New York, like characters are like changing places with each other. It's getting bigger and bigger and smaller and smaller at the same time. Whereas this, for all of its like intricacies and all of its surrealism, the movie is essentially a straight line. Like I don't find myself like really, like it feels like, it feels like a straight line from the car ride to the school and that also represents like in his head like him like this time of like him contemplating his life and i think that in its own way is also less interesting to me as a concept um i actually i want to talk i want to i love to play like a reporter or whatever you want to say sometimes and ask you guys some questions and uh what Kari just said made me want to ask caleb uh, a quick question maybe not quick it's gonna take a minute but uh caleb on that note we can both agree that this movie was challenging, right? Like, it, it made you, it challenged you intellectually. Like, it, everyone, like, it just challenged Challenge you. Challenged me, challenged my patience. Now, <laughs> Synecdoche was also challenging, certainly, correct? Certainly, certainly. But what, I can, what I'm getting from this from you is the difference was not necessarily the challenge, but the reward. Um, I think, well, I think the difference is also the challenge in, in the way in which you are challenged and uh, I think the difference in the way you are challenged affects the reward. So I obviously want to, we want to focus on this movie, but I want you to kind of like, what do you like, what kind of challenges do you feel worked in some of other Coffin's movies that, and then ones that didn't it's work very, here? I mean, to, it's obviously very abstract. To be but, as succinct as possible, uh, emotional challenges like that, that. That's the biggest thing. This movie didn't, challenge me emotionally uh where whereas his previous films really attacked me emotionally this feels less personal of a film to kaufman for sure absolutely do you feel so when you say you didn't have as uh, much of an emotional challenge are you saying you did not feel emotionally connected to any of the characters essentially not really no and i'll, I'll give you i'll give you the one example that i think uh really epitomizes my my feelings uh, as far as as emotional impotence goes uh, at the very end, near the very end and th- this is built on from a scene earlier uh so i guess i'll start there where they initially walk into jake's house jake and the young woman and jake offers uh the young woman her uh, his slippers because the the house is cold Later, when they're at the school, the janitor, mm-hmm. uh, uh, again, I'm not sure, he, does he offer? Yeah, he yeah. does. He, offer he offers slippers. again, and then she says, no, these are yours, and then, like, hands them back to him. And that, I think, is supposed to be the emotional climax and of, of the characters, of their, of their relationship, at least. And I felt absolutely nothing like this is supposed to be how they you know connect that that to, to prove that she was important and that maybe you know there is some hope for him after all that there that there is a chance that there is you know love and and happiness and just you know authentic emotional important connection in the world and that's supposed to be highlighted in this one simple amazing beautiful gesture and i felt nothing and I, and I and I intellectually I understand that I was supposed to to be emotionally overwhelmed, and I felt nothing, and I think that that just kind of sums up my my emotional reaction to the to the whole movie. Do you feel as though that perhaps there you have the feeling because the film doesn't offer any sense of hope? No, I, it's just how it treats its characters. Can I say something? I just I find it really interesting in that you and eric both don't think this is or you don't find this to be a personal 
movie, right? And I, I was thinking about Eternal Sunshine and also being John Malkovich, um, where you, you have these, like, especially Eternal Sunshine, you have these very emotional characters. Being John, Malkovich, being John Malkovich, you have people going, like, literally into his head and, like, living as him. But in this movie in particular, it's living in someone's consciousness. It's as personal as you can get, right? And so I, I just think it's interesting that, like, literally being inside someone like like all these thoughts are jake's thoughts it's like entirely him and you're not able to empathize with it like what does that say about you guys being able to empathize (laughs) no no i was ready to roast their empathy no like like seriously like what does it say just generally about movie watchers that you're you're able to better empathize with external reactions of people and like obvious physical emotions rather than rather than the entire inner workings of someone's mind leading up to suicide which is one of the most emotionally inducing actions that someone can do especially to to show in a movie i also disagree about the slipper scene being the climax of the characters but i don't need to talk about that right now yeah Hmm. I, i don't know if i have this well formulated but i think it's not that the characters themselves aren't personal and you can't relate to the characters it's that to me this movie seems less personal to charlie kaufman and I feel that in, I, I feel that lay, I feel, and like, I feel the emotional distance that I think he had, like, that I think he has more of by, like, by using this literary adaptation, this book to convey some thoughts that he's like very, very hung up on as opposed to himself, like no holds barred going full force at it. I think it's hard to like, like Charlie Kaufman, at the end of the day, this is a movie that is about someone who is, to me, a very stereotypical Charlie Kaufman character. Like, but, um, I, I don't know. I just don't. I th- I think it's also that like he's using he's thinking of the exact same things he's been working on at least for me since Synecdoche, New York, which was twelve years ago, and I think the process of some very similar themes, like. I don't think the intricacies are as like tied into the like narrative and the like thematics of it. I I, I don't know if that makes sense, but like at, combined with like that lack of emotional like cohesion at the end really makes this feel sort of distant to me. Uh, I wasn't prepared to be psychoanalyzed <laughs> tonight. Um, I think you have empathy. So I, I may also not have an answer very well formulated, but uh, I think the characters in his previous movies, for starters, are better written. Um, so that's that. That's how I uh, connect to them first and, and foremost. I think, in, and again, I think it just goes back to I don't think this movie is about the characters. So what happens to the characters isn't as emotionally consequential uh, to me as, as, as I wish it was. I think also like it comes into the fact that I, I have a love hate relationship with the way Jesse Buckley's dialogue was written. I personally think, I think Jesse Buckley has like an astounding performance, like honestly, um, and I love the way she uh, treats her monologue, but I think the monologue is used a lot for ex- exposition in ways that should have been trimmed and that take away from just like the potency of what he's trying to, of what Kaufman's trying to convey. I just want to push back on what Caleb said in that the movie isn't about the characters in, in, in the sense that the entire movie in essence takes place inside of Jake's mind. Like, the entire movie is about Jake, right? So I disagree. So what is it about? Uh, or how could I, it I not think, be I think about in, Jake? Uh, I think it is literally about, uh, you know, what happens in Jake's mind. But what happens in Jake's mind, I think, is supposed to be this, this insane, uh, absurd, mad world um, that is meant to kind of represent some kind of place that that we live in but it doesn't really embrace the connection between us you know the audience the the people who inhabit this mad world of course it's dramatized but that you know it's ties back 
it's not about our connection to that world. It is just about the world. And that's just not very interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, again, I agree with Caleb. And what's interesting is how we can like ag- agree on that idea. I do, I, I do agree that the characters serve no meaning outside of reinforcing this world. I guess the difference is just in, in, in the subjective nature of film watching, you know, I, I connected well with, with the world and the, the absurd and, and, and Caleb and, and Eric didn't. And I don't think that's an issue with, um, I mean, we can debate whether that's an issue with Kaufman and, you know, how the film was, uh, adapted, but I, I can understand, and I do still agree that the characters were not what I'm used to either in, in a, in a Kaufman film. I, I, yeah, I just want to reiterate, like, the way Caleb and I feel about this movie does not take away at all from the emotional response other people have from it. Absolutely. And, not, like, and to also, like, I think this is Charlie Kaufman's best directed movie by far. Like, he I has, agree. he's so good formally in this movie. Um, like, the way, like, just the way he blocks the car scenes when he's inside and outside the car, as well as that entire dinner scene. Like, I think mm-hmm. I saw someone mention, like, the way he shoots, um, jesse buckley at like that exact angle where sometimes like the um sometimes the other people in the family are there sometimes they aren't but it's at the exact angle where you can't tell and it's you never know which one it is i think like this is like a very very well made move it is probably his best made movie that he directed and people are connecting to it and i do and i'm very like i'm very happy that charlie kaufman has gotten a chance to get financed and have a movie as large budgeted as this i just personally didn't connect to it as much as i thought i would well we're getting to that point um i guess before we decide to wrap up um we can mention you know we just talked about the directing uh do you i know it's very early do you think he could get a nomination for uh best director or do you think uh what do you think does he qualify the new oscar rules what are the new oscar rules i always you mean because it's in the Netflix? diversity rules? There's new diversity. I, or I don't know. Is if that for this Oscar? Oh, I don't know or? if they're for this Oscar. They might be for the next one. But there's diversity rules in terms of gender equality and racial equality beh- in front of behind and behind the camera now to be eligible. Assuming he does qualify. Assuming, yeah, well, assuming he does. What do you guys? This is a very like. It depends. Like it depends on whether Academy voters go for something this this yeah. out there. If anything yeah adapted screenplay like personally i think adapted screenplay and like best actress but i i don't know if jesse buckley is gonna get that i i guess things are also really weird just because of you know movies <laughs> this year in general and things like that and it's obviously way too early to tell um i know you guys love the directing even though you may not have loved the movie you did both i you, you both said um that you really enjoyed his directing in this film it might it might have been his best directing um of his career um we talked about how good um and maybe not so good some of the acting was yeah also um, no shade to tony collette and david Dulles. I, I love them both <laughs> with my whole heart um, <laughs> i love them yeah um we didn't really talk about it but i did think the editing was also uh fairly incredible um maybe just maybe i you know i think it's i'm not an editing expert so i can't really like it just felt it felt good <laughs> if that's enough to say um, felt good and and when you know I think especially in the house yes. uh, it, the mm-hmm. editing added a lot to to the suspense and dread uh, and just the entire atmosphere yeah and I you know we didn't really talk about I guess the atmosphere I, I, I did love the car scenes for the most part I love the, the the blizzard going on and just this this kind of like tight space uh, atmosphere that is that is uh, existing throughout throughout the entire movie. Um, yeah. All right. Is there any other thoughts before we wrap up and give our final concluding uh, opinion? All right. Well, let's do it. Uh, let's start with our guest today. Um, let's start with Kari. Uh, Kari, would you like to give uh, some final thoughts? And, you know, I know you did not uh, at the beginning uh, shout out your letterbox. So if you would like to do that uh, right now, you can. And if you give a rating, you can. If you do not want to, we will not judge you. Um, but yeah, floor is yours. The viewers will judge you. That's, that's probably true. Um, yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, my letterbox is Kari, K A R I, movie expert, no spaces. 
Um, I, th- I think for my final review, it- it's been pretty obvious from what I've said um, over this past hour, but I liked the film. I, I found it too long, I think. I mean, I agree with Eric and Caleb in that sense. Like, I think there are definitely scenes that could have been cut, and I think Kaufman just kind of, like, let himself just keep going and, you know, pass the two-hour mark, and that was unnecessary. But I think, as a film, what it decided to do was ambitious and unlike things that I'd seen before, and I want to reward that. Um, And, I don't know, I, I just felt like, like, the characters were interesting to me, even if I couldn't necessarily, like, place myself in their shoes. Um, the dialogue was interesting. His ability to pull upon other literary works and pieces of art was um, really interesting as well. And, you know, I watched the movie twice in the span of a week, so I obviously liked it. Um, I think I'd, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it between four and four and a half stars. All right. Big stuff. Um, I'm going to go next uh, because I, I think uh, there might be a little bit of a change uh, after me. <laughs> um, this is a five. No, it's not a five star movie. Um, let me just say I really did enjoy this movie. Um, I'm still uh, young with, with Kaufman. You know, I still have a few more to see. I do think I need to give Synecdoche uh, another fair, fair shot, although I didn't hate it. Um, as of this moment, I did find myself identifying more with I'm Thinking of Ending Things than Synecdoche. Um, I did just find myself really engulfed in the main message that I walked away with, even though it did take some processing. Uh, while I am a little disappointed at just some minor things, uh, which I think actually could be major, you know, some of the, the things left behind and maybe how the first two acts were kind of handled overall in terms of, like, I don't know. I, I can't really suggest what I would change because I'm not a director. And more importantly, um, I still enjoyed the movie and I still walked away uh, having that kind of experience and feeling I have after watching a Kaufman film. So uh, overall, um, I rate this film uh, four stars. Are we going down the ladder here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know who's the lowest. So um, I, yeah, I'm always happy to see a charlie kaufman film i really think he got boned after synecdoche and <laughs> needed to like kickstart to make movies um so i yeah i'm always excited to see what he has to make and i think this is definitely a well-made movie um but i think as we've said over this past hour or so personally feels it's one of the first times where it feels a lot less than the sum of its parts for me um I'm going to keep it at that, and I am going to give it three stars. <laughs> uh, so I, I've said a lot of not-so-nice things today, so I'll talk about briefly some things that I did like. Uh, as we discussed, uh, the, the directing, definitely his best directorial effort. Even though you know I, I love, love Synecdoche, I liked it a lot more than this one. Uh, in Synecdoche, I think the directing was purely an extension of the writing, just doing everything to facilitate the script and nothing more. And honestly, I, there's no problem with that. But uh, here Kaufman, you know, goes above and beyond and, and does a great job directing. And he, if there's any doubt that he should be directing his own scripts, um, that doubt has been erased. Uh, the editing, as we discussed uh top-notch and uh, I think I, I agree with Eric that my favorite scenes were the car scenes and I think you know by no coincidence those are the scenes where um, those were the scenes that felt the most like a Kaufman movie uh, where they felt most like real people in a world that was slightly off and they were trying to kind of come to terms with that um overall though i think this was a a relatively weaker writing effort by kaufman uh his dialogue i thought was not as incisive profound or funny as it usually is and you know as we touched on before 
there were just a lot of you know f- ideas, you know, philosophical musings that are tossed around here, but then never really explored or or very deeply engaged with. And because of that, there are some ideas. I think Eric brought this up that are repeated from previous movies, but because the writing is not as good, because the those ideas are are not engaged with as intensely or even you know as with much quantity um th- those ideas just come across as, as less artfully told and if you're going to rehash something you you hope it's going to be an improvement uh and of course i, I think i've made my base problem with the movie clear so i won't uh, touch on that again and that leaves me with a final rating of two and a half stars all right well, we've definitely got a variety in the room, and I never think that's a bad thing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things by uh, Charlie Kaufman. Um, this is the first episode of our new season. Uh, we're very excited to get started again. I'll buy it in a little bit of a different uh, way uh, here on an island surrounded, or surrounding one microphone. Um, but we're excited. We have a lot more to come. And yeah, uh, we want to thank our guest, Kari for coming yes. on yes. and yes. Uh, getting us to argue a little bit more. and uh, <laughs> Getting me to think about my capacity for empathy. Uh, honestly, you know, Kaufman yeah. would like that. Usually it's uh, Eric and Caleb ganging up on me. This time <laughs> it was Eric and Caleb uh, going up against Kari, so it took a little bit of the heat off of me. But no, we're, we're very thankful. Uh, and we, uh, it was maybe, fun. Maybe we'll have you on again in the future. Uh, I, I, I definitely think we should. And... Uh, with that, though, uh, that is all the time we have. And uh, thank I'm you for thinking li- of ending this <laughs> podcast now. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.